Hey there, thank you for listening to the Wild Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny, and everything I offer you is about inspiring you to live and sweat in sync with nature with solo episodes and conversations with other wild femmes who share so much wisdom to help you reach your goals without sacrificing your well-being. In this episode, you'll hear just a little bit of my interview with Laura on the Fed and Fearless podcast, where she was asking me about post-workout soreness and how many women use exercise as a tool to manage stress, but the fact that sometimes it has other negative impacts. So I thought this was really important to share with you because I know a lot of times we get into a cycle of stress and using exercise as a tool, like I said, but it can have other potential impacts on our physical and emotional health. So I talked about that. I answered the question on, is it normal to be sore after a workout? I also shared more on my experience with adrenal issues and specifically how it impacted my ability to manage stress and shifting emotional states. And I also shared why I don't believe that not working out is necessarily the answer and what to consider instead. So enjoy this piece of our conversation and for all of the things that I talked about, additional resources that go with this episode and other things for you, check out the show notes wherever you're listening. And I hope you enjoy. Women a lot of times are trying to force themselves to fit into kind of more of like a male-dominated way of living, whether that is their exercise routine or their work routine, anything like that. And I think it's so interesting to learn more about how women need a different approach, not only with our health, but also with just the way we live our life in general. And I love that you're talking about that from an exercise perspective. So what are some of the most common myths about exercise that people are believing that are out of alignment with what women's bodies needs? Mm, Some that are pretty apparent and some that maybe not so much. (laughs) So the first one that I would offer is that we seem to have this idea that if we're not working out consistently, that we will lose fitness, we won't get results or whatever result you're going for, fill in the blank. And it's not that I'm saying we shouldn't move our bodies consistently or that we, you know, it's not healthy to do so. But I think when women hear the word consistent, they often translate that to mean the same every day or the same every week. And that's not necessarily true because we go through different phases throughout our monthly cycle. And we'll talk about that, but really our monthly cycle uh, of menstruation or even using nature as a guide with the moon phases or the seasons, we have those outer cycles to follow too if you don't have a menstrual cycle. But those are what can really give us that ebb and flow. So that idea of like use it or lose it and we have to really stay on the the hustle plan to make sure that we don't lose it or that we will not make gains that we want to, that can be misunderstood in some way. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a total myth, but it can just be misunderstood. And another one that I would say is that it's normal to be sore from a workout or worn out afterwards all the time. So again, it's not necessarily a bad thing to be sore sometimes. It means that your body's making adaptations. It means that you may have done something new. But if you're noticing that you're consistently tired and you're always trying to 
recover, you're not feeling energized, or maybe you even start to have trouble sleeping and starting to notice other ways that maybe this fatigue is affecting your life, then that idea of like go hard or don't do it at all, that philosophy can really be damaging because there's certain times of the cycle, again, where we are really primed to make gains whether that be in strength or endurance or whatever it is. And there's other times that might be more suited for maintenance and recovery. And we really need both. We need both sides of the cycle and both parts of that kind of a plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always thought it was interesting that there's this belief that if you're not sore after your workout, that you didn't do anything or that being really sore afterwards is indicative of having a really good workout. And it's just funny because I've been training with a strength and conditioning coach for, oh my gosh, I think we're going on like six years now. It's kind of nuts. And there's like occasionally times that I'm a little sore after a workout, never anything that's like I can't move or something. I mean, maybe once in a blue moon, but it's usually because I tweaked something. It's not because the workout was just that level of intensity, but it's just nuts to me because it's like that style of training has worked so well for me to be able to maintain and improve my fitness without feeling sore afterwards and honestly hardly sweating sometimes in the workouts. And I remember when I was in my early 20s, mid 20s, I used to think that I had to be sore after a workout or that, you know, if I couldn't walk down the stairs after a leg day, that like that was a sign that the workout was really effective. And it's just been really eye-opening for me to know that, you know, the soreness piece is not required to have good fitness and to feel good about the progress that I'm making. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. I know that Right now, at least at the time of this recording, which is in January of 2021, there's a lot of stress in people's lives for a variety of reasons. Obviously, different people have different types of stress, but I think I can say confidently that stress is pretty commonly affecting most people, if not all people in our country right now. And exercise is a very common stress management practice. And a lot of my clients that I've worked with especially ones that were really trying to repair hormonal issues, had a hard time reducing their workouts because they felt like that was their only stress management tool. So for those people who are using exercise as their key stress management practice, what are some of the downsides that can come from only using exercise to relieve stress? I'm so glad you asked this. This is so important because we do use exercise as stress relief and it can be helpful. I mean, there there's good information out there to lend to the idea that it can support our bodies in that. But a lot of times what might happen is I think we use it out of avoidance of actually looking at the root issue or not even the root issue, but just other things that might be going on for us. And if we only see it as a tool for stress relief and don't consider the fact that it can add stress to our, well, to our bodies, we'll just say, not necessarily to our life, but to our bodies in particular, then we're possibly going to head down that road to overdoing, overtraining, and just over everything like we do in other areas of our life. Because a lot of times when we are stressed, it's because there's a lot going on. We feel overwhelmed. And I think we are more in that fight or flight mode overall, the sympathetic nervous system versus the parasympathetic rest and digest. So again, when you exercise, it can be a really good way to 
have healthy cortisol rise in your body. I mean, it's normal for you to have cortisol rise when you exercise. It's a hormone that helps us to get up and go and do something and take action and move our bodies and have our blood flow through the body and help blood vessels dilate and things like that. But when you have that sustained and you maybe do too intense of workouts or you are doing them for too long of a duration or too often, any of those factors could possibly contribute to this, you might have sustained cortisol for too long of a time. And that may just start to be your body's sort of norm in, in a sense. And you're not getting enough of that downtime where you are in the parasympathetic state or rest and digest when maybe cortisol is lower. And a lot of times we may not even realize this because we're already feeling stressed from other things in life. So we start to maybe feel fatigue and we think, well, that's normal because I'm working out a lot. Or we start to feel just mentally drained or mentally foggy. And so we attribute that to all the stress going on. Or we maybe lose our period and we just think, well, there's a lot of stress in my life. And maybe we don't consider that one of those stressors could be the fact that your workouts aren't really aligning with your cyclical nature, or maybe you are using it as that tool for stress management, but not necessarily balancing it out with other things that can help you relieve stress that might not raise cortisol in the same way, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I always feel like having worked with a lot of clients with you know, the quote unquote adrenal fatigue pattern and hypothalamic amenorrhea, people who oftentimes were combining under eating with overtraining, it was really interesting to see how a lot of times their stress tolerance, just for normal lifestyle stressors, like work or relationships or all those things that, I mean, obviously you're not going to like quit work or something if it's if it's a little bit stressful, but just those normal day-to-day -day stressors that we experience, if they were either underfed and or over-exercising, I would see that their ability to handle the regular stressors was actually a lot lower. Like they wouldn't have that stress tolerance that they would have had had they been eating and exercising appropriately. So it's kind of an interesting, vicious cycle that women can get into where they don't feel like they're handling stress very well. And then they say, oh, I'm going to go for a run or I'm going to go do a really hard like hit training session or something like that to help me deal with the stress. But then because they're overtraining or not feeling their workouts, they end up creating this like more exacerbated stress response when things happen outside of the workout. So it's just this like vicious cycle where they're actually creating this situation where it's harder for them to deal with stress. And then the only way that they know how to quote unquote handle the stress is doing something that's actually exacerbating their stress response. Um, have you seen that with people you've worked with? Yeah, exactly. And what you described um, first was exactly my experience too, in that I wasn't feeling as capable of handling stress in general. I didn't feel myself in being able to think cognitively or be focused on things mentally, but I also noticed that things that maybe wouldn't have been difficult for me were bothering me or that I was feeling really emotional up and down, just not, not that grounded stability that I had felt at one time. So I definitely had noticed that. And same as you were saying that it's a common cycle that I see in women where you're not really considering maybe that the exercise is contributing to 
the stress and maybe not seeing the exchange between the two. And it's not as simple as just saying, okay, well, don't work out or work out less. It, it really doesn't, in my opinion, it that's not necessarily the answer because exercise is healthy for us. It's just doing it in the right way and doing it in the flow of your own personal cycle, which has been so helpful <laughs> to me and so many other women. My friend, if I shared something in this episode that really resonated with you, I would love to hear about it. Please leave it as a review on the Wild Wellness Podcast. And if you thought of someone who might enjoy this episode or benefit from it in some way, please share it with them. Just take a screenshot and send it to them. I know they'll be so grateful. And I'm grateful for you sharing this episode as well. Thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up. And until we chat again, go live your one wild life.